BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. There's a three-part docuseries recently released on Netflix. I've watched one of the three. I'd have blown through all three, except I watched it with one of my sons and said that I'd conclude it with him, you know, watch it in his company. And uh, he's at school and we'll be back in a couple of days and then we will do that. It is called Don't Pick Up the Phone. I made reference to it a couple of days ago and I told you I wanted to know more about it. Even though I haven't watched the final two episodes, I've done a deep dive courtesy of the Louisville Courier Journal, where Andrew Wolfson has pretty much owned this story. As a matter of fact, he wrote about it in October of 2005 in one of the longest and most viewed articles that the Courier Journal has ever published. You can view it. It's in my Twitter feed right now, the original piece. I also posted it on Facebook. It is the story of a man who pretends to be a police officer calling up a fast food restaurant, one in particular, the McDonald's in Mount Washington, Kentucky, inducing a manager to have a young employee strip searched on the grounds that they had stolen money from a customer. Here's the amazing part, as if that's not already fantastical. It didn't happen just once. It happened as many as 100 times in 32 different states. And by the way, I think that's probably a significant underreport because I have to believe that a hell of a lot of the victims in this case were embarrassed and never wanted it reported to the police. This is Andy Wolfson. Andy, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate your being here. Thank you. So Louise Ogborn, and she consented to the use of her name in your coverage She was a high school senior, had just turned 18. You describe her in your original reporting as a church-going former Girl Scout who hadn't received a single admonition in her four months working at the McDonald's in Mount Washington, Kentucky. I think you also report she went to work at that location because her mother had lost her job and she wanted to supplement the family income. A phone call comes in and what begins to unfold? Help me help me unspool this. The uh, caller said that um, a customer had accused Louise of taking some money from her. And the caller um, knew the names of some regional managers and seemed to have some inside information about the company that made the uh, assistant manager on duty believe that he was credible. And um, Louise was brought into the um, 
into the office and her clothes were taken from her and uh, McDonald's later said, why didn't you, why didn't you uh, just run out to your car? And she said, I couldn't, I was naked. And uh, the whole thing was captured um, on a surveillance video and which I have seen. And um, it's very, very sad. Um, Louise is shown uh, crying hysterically. It goes on for hours. Yeah, it lasted at least three hours. Um, and interestingly, the one person that saw through it was a um, ninth grade dropout who happened to be a custodian who was there and off duty. And he said this couldn't be true. So the assistant manager was Donna Jean Summers. She's the right. one who initially takes the call from, by all accounts, a very convincing male voice who says he's with the local police department, which happens to be less than a mile down the road. And right. the choice that is then given to the 18-year-old is you can either be searched here at the store or you're going to be arrested, taken to jail and searched there. And Donna Jean Summers, the assistant manager, you know, believing in authority, just accepts the fact that it's a cop at the other end of the phone and begins to put this 18-year-old through the drill. All right. And um, I did some research that showed that fast food employees, even managers, are particularly uh, susceptible to following orders. That's what they're taught to do. Uh, and, of course, all people are susceptible, or most people are susceptible to um, following orders from someone who seems to be an authority. Right. I remember reading that in your original reporting that <clears throat> the best employees to work in a fast food location, maybe because of the assembly line nature of many of the tasks, are those who are just going to follow exactly what they're told, in this case from a manager, but... You know, same type of personality that's going to listen to a teacher, or listen to somebody who wears a uniform, including someone who's a cop. Exactly. So the story actually gets worse because not only does Donna Jean Summers, the assistant manager, put this young employee through the drill, but because it goes on for a while, she tells the quote unquote cop, hey, I got to get back to the front counter. This is all taking place in the back manager's office. And he wants to know whether there's a male who can take her place. And she says, well, I'm not married, but I do have a fiancé. What happened next? She persuaded her fiancé, um, who was a, uh, an exterminator, to come into the store. And she puts him on the phone with the caller and the caller um, instructs him to uh, further humiliate Louise and to even have her um, sodomize him. And he later insisted that he thought it was a police officer telling him to do this stuff. He became He's, the only person who was convicted of a crime in this fiasco. He was, he was then a 42-year-old father of two, as you point out, exterminator by trade, attended church regularly, had coached youth baseball teams in and around the area. So, you know, a guy who was believed to be a solid citizen, right? Upstanding pillar of the community up until that moment in time. Right. 
And because the cop at the end of the phone says, ask her to do jumping jacks because you never know what might fall out. He follows that command. I think also in your in your reporting, Andy, it was have her sit on your lap and kiss you because then you'll know if there's alcohol on her breath and then it progresses to the sodomy. So exactly. So like, you, you know, when when I watched episode one on TV, I said to myself, how in the world could so many people because it went on. A hundred times in 30 plus states be so gullible and naive. But you talked about some of the research, some of the psychology behind all this. What do you remember about that? I think the um, the best explanation of it was um, from the the Milgram experiment, which was done by a professor at Yale named Stanley Milgram uh, in the early 60s. He was trying to figure out why. So many ordinary German citizens went along with the Nazi regime, and he um, had students and others um, carry out an experiment in which um, the people who were it um, were hooked up to what the participants thought was an electric shock machine and the um, participants gave what they thought were increasingly powerful shocks to the subject each time he got a, he gave a wrong answer to a question and this um this was replicated around the world this experiment that, and it showed that most people um would follow orders from someone in a white lab coat uh, who they thought had authority over them the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. From your reporting, nearly two-thirds of Milgram's subjects gave what they believed were paralyzing jolts to a pitifully protesting victim simply because an authority figure, the man in the white coat, had commanded them to do so. Quote, with numbing regularity, good people were seen to knuckle under the demands of authority and perform actions that were callous and severe. So in the case of the McDonald's that that we're we're drilling down on, the one in Mount Washington, the fiance, having put this poor 18 year old through unspeakable acts. Now he leaves, goes home, picks up the phone, calls a buddy and says, I think I've done a terrible thing. But now the cop 
tells the assistant manager that another male figure needs to take his place. And that's where the guy with the ninth grade education comes in. And for the first time, he throws the penalty flag. Exactly. He he saw through this. He couldn't believe it was really a police officer and that um, his colleagues were following his instructions, which were so perverse. It was Sims, the Mount Washington stores maintenance man, and a ninth grade dropout who refused to play the caller's game. He had stopped by the restaurant for dessert and coffee when Summers, the assistant manager, pulled him into the office and handed him the phone. The caller told Sims to have Ogborn drop the apron and to describe her. Sims refused. He said, something's not right about this, he recalled in, uh, or Summers recalled in her deposition. And finally, she realized the same. She called her manager, Lisa Siddons, whom the caller had said was on the other line. Instead, she discovered that she'd been home sleeping. Summers, now the assistant manager, says, I knew that I'd been had. I lost it. Okay, so it happened in that Kentucky location. It happened at a whole host of fast food places all across the country. The M.O. seemed the same. And two cops, one in this community and one in Massachusetts, begin to pursue it. What did they find? Who, who became the suspect? They traced the calls to um, the Florida Panhandle, and they eventually went down there um, and looked at the uh, surveillance video from a um, Walmart where the, where the phone calling cards had been purchased, and they noticed that there was a uh, that the man buying the cards had a uniform and it had the insignia of a local private prison and they took a photo they took a a photo of him to the warden who confirmed it was uh, it was the man that they charged and brought back to um Mount Washington Kentucky he, this guy this is by the, first the way time anyone yep. was implicated or charged in these scams and uh one of the detectives was fairly sophisticated from Massachusetts, and the other was uh, a good old boy from Kentucky who had just started working as a detective um, uh, uh, three weeks earlier. And he, he said that his um, his training videos were um, uh, Andy of Mayberry TV show. <laughs> uh, Andy, speaking of Andy, you are Andy Wolfson, and thank you for being so gracious with your time from the Louisville Courier-Journal. In your original reporting on this, you said that this guy, the 38-year-old, the uh, correction facilities employee, insisted to police that he'd never bought a calling card. But when detectives searched his house, they found one that had been used to call nine restaurants in the past year, including the Idaho Falls Burger King on the day its manager had been duped. I mean, I must say, it's it sounded like, from a distance and reading what you put together in the story, a pretty compelling case, but he was acquitted. How come? What happened? His brother, um, a police officer in the Buffalo, New York area, hired uh, the leading criminal defense attorney in Kentucky, a brilliant guy, and the local prosecutor was... Um, fair to say uh he was not quite as competent and he just got bowled over in this um in this criminal trial 
and people were shocked that there was uh, an acquittal. And the defense lawyer said, my client wasn't smart enough to pull this off. Right. That was um, that was his argument, and he maintains that argument today. So the only person who has been convicted in connection with everything you and I have described is the then fiance. By the way, she quickly ended uh, that relationship, the assistant manager. But he, the, the, the guy who participated in this, the up until then thought to be a good standing member of the community and nobody else, nobody else has been right. held accountable for any of this. Uh, except McDonald's and the civil, the Louise Ogborn filed a, a suit against McDonald's alleging that it knew of at least 24 similar hoaxes at its restaurants. It failed to adequate, adequately warn uh, employees at other restaurants, including this one in Mount Washington, Kentucky. A $6.1 million verdict. Right. And interestingly, um, the assistant manager also won a lesser verdict against McDonald's because she said that she wasn't warned about it either. The assistant manager who had been the go-between between between the quote-unquote cop and the 18-year-old. Right. Donna Summers. Holy smokes. So, Andy, thank you again for being so gracious. Just a final question, if I might. What's your takeaway? You've been on this case, paying attention to it. Now you've seen the Netflix docu-series. If you're having a beer with a friend and like, Andy, what the hell, man? What went on there? What's top of mind for you? What What do you take away from it all? Um, the most common thing I've run into over the years is people don't believe that it really happened and that they're there were innocent victims that carried out these um, these terrible um, scenarios, and uh, I have to explain to them why people are susceptible to authority, and especially people um, like these employees at fast food restaurants. Yeah, in other words, they're, they're like, it had to have been a setup. They all had to be in on it. There's no way this could right. have happened. Mm-hmm. But it happened. That's one reason. That was one reason that um, no other uh, police department um, really seriously investigated these cases. Because they didn't buy into it. Right. Wow. It's funny because my um, editor said, well, you don't follow orders even when they're from people that you're supposed to be. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I would have gone along with this, but... Um, I don't know. I, I, Andy, I don't know. It's one of these things in life. Like, you hope you wouldn't have gone along with it, but so many did. So many yeah. did. Like, this guy must have known, whoever he is, that it was easy pickings to target this particular industry. Mm-hmm. And um, he, to this day, he denies that it was him, but there's never been another reported case since his arrest in uh, well, how about that? 2004. How about, how about that? Andy Wolfson, the Louisville Courier Journal. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate your time. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Uh, detectives would eventually conclude the calls were the work of one lone man, TC, because the methods of operation were practically identity, uh, identical with only slight deviations. On November 30 of the year 2000, the caller persuaded the manager at a McDonald's in Letchfield, Kentucky, to remove her own clothes in front of a customer who the caller said was suspected of sex offenses. 
What? The caller promised that undercover officers would then burst in and arrest the customer the moment he attempted to molest her, said Detective Lieutenant Gary Troutman of the Letchfield Police Department. We asked her why she hadn't called local police, and she said she thought it was the local police who had called her. On May 29, 2002, a girl celebrating her 18th birthday in her first hour of her first day on the job in McDonald's in Roosevelt, Iowa, forced to strip, jog naked, and assume a series of embarrassing poses, all at the direction of a caller on the phone, according to court and news accounts. January 26, 2003, according to a police report in Davenport, Iowa, the assistant manager at an Applebee's neighborhood grill and bar conducted a degrading 90-minute search of a waitress at the behest of a caller who said he was a regional manager, even though the man had called collect And despite the fact that the assistant manager had read a company memo warning about hoax calls just a month earlier, he called, he told police he'd forgotten about that memo. I could go, okay, one more, and then I'm done. June 3, 2003, according to a city spokesperson in Juneau, Alaska, a caller to Taco Bell said that he was working with the company to investigate drug abuse at the store and had a manager pick out a 14-year-old customer and then strip her and force her to perform lewd acts. A customer? Customer. All of these people went along with it. All of these people went along with it. The Milgram study, the guy in the lab coat, there there are others like it. There was one done at Stanford you've probably heard about where students uh, were able to... uh, uh, they were told, well, I'll do a better job and, and I'm sum- also summarize of it scams that people uh, that I hear that people are called and said, you know, like, you know, you're about to lose your house. You're going to lose something or yeah. and people give all of their information over the phone. Right. It, it's so when you have a tone of authority, it is so disarming to some people who are used to being polite. Honestly, you get the polite people. That's who you get. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. The Milgram study was the Yale study. That's the psychologist who took out the classified ad and invited residents of New Haven, Connecticut to take part in what they were told was a study of the relationship between punishment and learning. Two thirds of his subjects gave what they thought were paralyzing jolts to protesting victims because he was an authority figure and they trusted the man in the white lab coat. The Stanford study that I referenced was done by Philip Zimbardo. He conducted a renowned prison experiment in which college students 
assigned to play guards became so sadistic the experiment had to be aborted. Uh, the guy in this caper, believed to be, you know, very skilled in human psychology and may have even read about that data. Theo, you're in Mount Holly, New Jersey. What reaction did you have as you were listening to that story? Believe it or not, good morning, Michael. First time caller, long time caller from way back in the AM days. Nice. Really appreciate you Thank and you. your uh, everything you do. I work for a major bank in the fraud department, and I just want to, you know, educate the all, you know, your audience a little bit about things that the scammers do today and get everything. First of all, just so everybody knows, caller ID is useless anymore. Criminals can do what's called spoofing, and you look at your phone and you think it's your bank or you think it's uh, Social Security or whoever, and it's really a crook that has manipulated your caller ID. And then they pretend to be your bank or the government, and then, of course, they have to ask you security questions right. to verify who you are, like your Social Security number, your account information, and then they got their hooks in the it's a good warning. And it's very sophisticated, and it's a good warning. Yeah, and unfortunately, it goes on and on. And it's not just the elderly, believe it or not. It's everyday common folks that work 9 to 5 that get hoodwinked into these, uh, these scams that manipulate people into doing everything, going to the bank, withdrawing all their money. It, that's the worst part of my job is is talking to somebody that literally liquidated yeah. everything, believing that they were trying to catch criminals or do something with the bank. Heartbreaking. Good warning. And especially thank you, Theo. And especially at this time of year, because I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they're out there and they're uh, they're trying to prey on people during the course of the holidays. Jason, you're in Iowa. Yes. What did you most want to say? Hey, Merry Christmas, Michael. How are you? You too. Thank you. Having a very good season. Hey, <clears throat> I was just listening to your last caller and uh, kind of changed my direction. As, as part of my master's degree, I've read all them studies you're talking about. Um, you know, the prison experiment, the shock theory. You should look up the uh, green marker where the uh, uh, the school secretary got duped for millions buying markers. But uh, what I called for is I'm a little confused. Maybe I missed it while I was listening here. Was this guy in the stores, or how did he, for example, how did he know, I think it was in Iowa over here in Davenport or somewhere, that there was a 14-year-old girl in the store? I mean, what? Okay, so I can't answer to a certainty, but I'll tell you what I think took place. He was not there. They They thought in many instances that he had a familiarity with that particular location. It wasn't just McDonald's. It was usually fast food restaurants. Right. Applebee's and yes. But they they came, you know, Taco Bell and so forth, Burger King. Right. But they came to conclude that, no, he was probably working it long distance and probably from a pay phone in Panama City, Florida, and that he had done some level of investigation of that particular fast food joint to learn who was the manager, which, by the way, might be as simple as calling the Waterloo, Iowa McDonald's and saying, who's your manager? Oh, it's Jason. OK. And then a couple of days right. later, you know, calling and, and maybe he would also know the identity of, of a cop or two in the local police department. Um, initially, they wondered able to get online fairly easily before they correct. Uh, 
stop. Well, they they, the they also they also wondered if he was at a nearby payphone watching it all unfold, at least the exterior of the. But they they came to conclude that no, he was probably working from home base. Uh, thousands of miles away, never having even been to those fast food joints. Because there was one particular weekend, I think I saw, where four of them in Massachusetts all got hit uh, within a couple of days. Well, that's just so bizarre. But, but, you know, I guess you think you could, uh, I think it was like the McDonald's, you know, the 14-year-old girl, that was just so bizarre. But, you know, you pick a particular time of day after school, I guess, you could probably oh, call ninety nine percent answer. of them and have Wait, a high I didn't, school kid yes, there. I did. I didn't answer your second question. That's exactly yeah. right. In other words, well, how did he know to identify? So what he would do is he would call up and say, "Hey, I'm I'm Jason from the Waterloo Police Department. Uh, oh, how can we help you, sir? Well, you know, we have a report of a stolen purse." And the suspected individual is one of your employees. Do you have a, uh, an employee working for you who's in her who's in her late teens, early twenties with dark hair? And of well, course they go. Of course, well, yeah. of course, yeah, yes, we do. We have we have Susie here. Yeah, well, well okay. Uh, is she about you know five eight? And if they say no, she's six three. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, I misread it. Yeah, she's six two, right? Yeah, and and like the guy could just roll almost like a like a fortune teller with whatever the situation. And before you know it, that kid gets brought in before the manager. Here, speak to the cop, and the cop says hmm. you have a choice. You can either come to the police department so we can arrest you, or you know we can try and put an end to this right now. Take off your blouse. Right. I'd be curious. I wonder if he, you know, he worked in a prison, and you know, in that that environment i wonder if there's any sick shit he did in there i mean he's obviously not dumb he's criminally right now let me so let me pro- let me protect the franchise in sirius xm and remind everybody that the guy who was charged mm-hmm. was acquitted so we have yeah. no idea whether it was the guy that uh, was in the prison and was arrested but you go watch the show and come to your own conclusion how's yeah, that i will uh debbie you're in dover delaware listening to this whole thing you're thinking what I'm thinking that there's like a, a, a link between Trumpism and authoritarianism and what you're discussing today. But just the willingness of people to follow an authoritarian, you know, there's peer pressure. They want to obey instructions even when their conscience says don't. Um, I, I think it's really difficult for people to buck that. I, I've been one of those people all my life, basically, that I've kind of challenged authority and it doesn't go well. You get ostracized. Uh, you don't get promotions. The only people who seem to like hearing that who initially hire you, but once you're there between and middle management. You're saying that the same type of a, you're t- the same type of personality. I just want to understand how you're framing yeah. this. The t- same type of personality that, that, that votes for an authoritarian figure succumbs to the pressure of the manager and the cop on the phone to get naked so they can be strip searched i am saying that um Mm -hmm. read the righteous mind by hate um and there's one other thing i Hmm. i was a lay judge for 13 years Mm -hmm. and with regard to how the cops wield their authority not all of them but there's almost like this i I had a a cop one time ask me in a testimony in a trial don't you trust what i'm saying she she was presenting evidence and not giving me evidence for a traffic stop Right. And she said, don't you believe what I'm saying? I'm like, it's not an issue whether I believe you or not. You've got to give me some evidence. And then the way cops would behave when they were seeking probable cause for arrest warrants and search warrants, which we handled a lot. I mean, every day, dozens. 
And they expected me to rely on their conclusions rather than giving me the facts that support those conclusions. Because so they were in the uniform. Yes. Got it. Mm, interesting. Okay. You've given me a lot to mull over. Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate it. Brian, you're in southwest Missouri. They tell me that you've actually investigated these scams. Um, similar scams, yeah. It's. Um, I think people probably, uh, listeners probably thinking these people are stupid, but but they're not. I mean, it's these people are very practiced, um, you know, money scams, things like that. Very similar, similar MO. They get someone that answers questions. They got a little tiny bit of data, like maybe the owner of the, of the franchise's name or, or something. Hey, we're doing a security audit. We need you to go to the office and, and, and you know, speak to some police privately. They get them on the phone, and once they get them answering questions, man, they get them to take the money, go put it on some gift cards or, or telephone cards, whatever. They, you know, they'll, they'll do about anything. You just get somebody that just gets that repetition of answering questions and yes and no and you know, we can listen to these phone calls. I mean, you, you can probably find them, but you think, man, these people are stupid. They're not. They're just answering questions, and then, you know, then they switch over to a cell phone and they lose the recordings. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's easy to follow. I mean, I wonder, when you're, when I wonder if the, the guy – could could the guy have honed in on some other industry, not fast food, but, but some other sector of the economy and similarly targeted and made it work? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you think so? Human beings. Yeah. We, we want to. We want to police people. We want to. And most people, um, you know, want to do the right thing. They got somebody on the phone. Say, I'm a security team, or I'm a police officer. I need you to do this. And as soon as they do that first couple things, they just roll right into the. You know, you know, open the safe. You know, I, I need you to do this privately. I need you to you know take that money. Get it where down walking. Just there's one right there. It's uh, this is the address. And yeah, and you know, I buy these uh, these phone cards. Put a hundred dollars each one. We're doing the security audit. Tomorrow morning they're coming in, and these people just—they go right along with it. So it's, I could—I um, could, I could see—I I could see how once it gets rolling, it's very hard to turn it back because then, if I were the one being duped, I wouldn't want to admit, like, "Oh my God!" I, I'd probably start convincing myself. I guess it's—it's—it's it's, it's all legit. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.